the very next day you gave it away. Right? And this is a song about loss. It's a song about disappointment. And how many of you remember last year, this past year? We just got to come through, right? There are many things that maybe you came into this last 2023 uh, that you expected from the year. And there may be some things in this year that just didn't pan out the way that you thought they would. And there's many times when we have things that go on that we just, we become disappointed. We thought it was going to go one way, and it just didn't go that way. It went a complete different way, a complete different direction than what we expected. And so this morning's message, I want to ask a question. And the question is this. Do you feel disappointed with God? Do you feel disappointed with God? Do you feel like God let you down? Maybe even this, in this past year, but maybe there's several things that are happening in your life. You're, you're wondering if God even sees you. If God knows what you're going through. Maybe you did your best to raise your kids in a way that you thought was wise, and now they're making poor decisions. Maybe you didn't plan on depression or anxiety becoming that heavy weight upon you. You did not plan on Christmas without family around, or you did not plan Christmas to have an empty chair for someone who was lost over this past year. What do you do when you feel like God let you down? We're going to turn to Luke chapter 2 this morning, and I'm going to give you a little context here. It's going to be behind me as well. But as we're coming into this season, as we're coming into Luke chapter 2, one of the things we know is that there, there have been 400 years, we talked about this last week, there have been 400 years since the people of Israel had heard from God. So literally silence over all these years, 400 years, they're waiting for a Messiah, they're thinking he's coming, there's no prophet speaking, there's no one sharing and saying, thus saith the word of the Lord. There's no one saying or saying anything from God. And so it's completely silent. Last week we talked about those moments where we feel like God has been silent. And then shepherds in the field, we see that in the story in Luke chapter 2, there are these shepherds in the field who are taking care of flocks. And the angel of the Lord appears to them and says this, Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. This is from the New Living Translation. It says, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snugly strips of cloth, lying in a manger. What this passage tells us is, number one, if we needed advice, God would have sent a counselor. Although he is the counselor of the peace. If we needed education, he would have sent us a teacher, although Jesus himself was known as one of the greatest teachers of all time. If we needed laws, he would have sent us a politician. But what we see from this scripture is that we, we need forgiveness, we need hope, we need healing. And all of that doesn't come from those other offices, but it comes from a Savior. We needed a Savior, and God sent us a Savior. And said so that you'll recognize him because of the sign. You'll recognize him because he will be the one wrapped in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now, you don't often see a baby 
lying in a place where animals feed. I can think their mouth has been in that feed. Their snouts have been down in that manger. And here you're lying a baby there. I wish they had a little hand sanitizer or something to kind of clean it up a little bit, right? But God didn't send a king to a palace up on a throne, right? That's what we just talked about this morning and even sang about. He didn't send him dressed in purple linen in a mansion with a crown on his head. But he sent him wrapped in strips of cloth in a mansion. He didn't just come for the wealthy and powerful. He came for the poor. He came for the beat down. He came for the powerless. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 through 14 continues the story. It says, Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth. This whole series has been about peace. But what are we going to see in this story? It says it's bringing about peace. But what it's really bringing about is the same thing that all of us have seen as part of life. Not everything has been peaceful. Not everything has gone perfectly. For some of us, we experience everything but peace. Day after day after day. Sometimes it feels like a heavy weight on our shoulders. What do you do when you're just... Father, we would ask you today, by the power of your Holy Spirit, and by the truth of your word, we find comfort in your goodness and power in your presence. See, the coming of Christ is not a clean, sanitized story. It's a heart-wrenching story. A story of a young couple that feels like what it is like to be betrayed. They feel deceived. They feel relational devastation. See, we have to put ourselves in the shoes of these people because I think often we just read them from a distance. These are not just names, Mary and Joseph. These were real people like you and I. This is us. And you see, they were unfairly criticized, they were hated, they were shamed, and they were humiliated. Remember that this was a traumatic birth that happened in the middle of nowhere. And then not long after that, they had to run as fugitives from Herod, who wanted to kill this child. Seems like nothing could go right for Mary and Joseph. Ever since it was announced that they were going to be the young couple to bring forth Jesus, everything seemed to be going wrong. Everything seemed to be going downhill very fast. All because they just simply did what God asked them to do. How many of you feel that sometimes? I'm just trying to do what God asked me to do, and everything just keeps going wrong. You're in good company, I think. I want you to use your imagination this morning. What would it look like today if these... With, and we know that these were real people, but they were real people with hopes and dreams just like we do. Let's say Joe proposed on the Nazareth Bridge 
and the Instagram photos of the proposal have record likes. They have big plans. They're going to be married in May, and they're going to do an all-inclusive vacation to a resort in Rome as part of their honeymoon. Yeah, they have plans. Maybe they're going to pay off Joe's trade school. Yeah, take care of the, the, the loans that he had there for trade school. Maybe live in an apartment for a few years. Save some money. Maybe buy a house in a good neighborhood in Nazareth. Expand the carpentry business. Maybe hire Joseph some help. And then, and then maybe we'll consider having babies. Then we'll have, consider having children. Once we get all that settled, then we'll settle down. But in this story, God completely interrupts their plans. And what seemed like an easy, good plan that was going to run smoothly if it went just exactly as they planned it, now it's become very complicated. It's become inconvenient. It's become untimely. It's become like an unfair assignment. So the angel appears to Mary, who's probably about 14 or 15 at this time. Just part of that culture. At that time, nobody got married though. The angel says that she is going to give birth to a son. And not just any son, but the Savior. The answer must have had a lot of questions. I'm sure you would if that happened. And she said, May it be done to you. Yes, I'm willing. I'm willing to do what will be being asked of me. You must think about Mary. Mary must have been at a spiritual height. I mean, literally, an angel appeared to her, gave her this great news that she was chosen. And now she's going to go to Joe with this same excitement. And Joe's not going to be that excited about this story. Right? He's devastated. His fiance is pregnant, and apparently, the Holy Spirit is. Not only did she cheat, she's also Crazy. Well, Matthew 1 18 through 19 says this This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement. Other versions will say to break the marriage quietly. Why would he have to divorce quietly? They're just engaged. But Hebrew marriage involved two stages. It was both engagement and then the marriage ceremony. And when you were engaged, it was a binding contract. The ceremony would come later. So if a man died during this period of engagement, that woman would still be considered a widow. So here they are, still picking the colors for their wedding schemes, and Mary's pregnant. And Joe knows it wasn't him. Never intimate with her. He must have felt crushed and humiliated. Where all the invitations are already out in the mail. Now they have to call. Plan to spend life with her, but life was over as he knew it. 
Then think about Mary, just a young girl who didn't do anything wrong at all. In fact, she did everything just right. She did exactly what the Lord had asked her to do. And now, her fiancé is considering divorcing her. She's living with a life of shame. I think she's probably thinking at this point, God, what are you? I said yes to the thing that you were asking me to do. And this isn't anything that I wanted. I did exactly what you wanted me to do, but this just doesn't seem fair. Joseph hates me. Everyone hates me. Life is over. This is not. Some of you can relate because maybe it's been one of those kind of years for you. You had plans. You had things set out that you wanted to accomplish, things that you wanted to do. But you look at the end of this year, we're getting close to the new year, and you're saying none of those things happened. Everything seemed to fall apart in so many different ways. Here I am trying to serve God. Here I am trying to do the right thing. And everything just seemed to have fallen apart under my hands. Doesn't make sense. Seem fair. But I want to share this morning two truths that will help you when you don't understand. Two truths that will help you when you don't understand. When you don't understand. Number one, you don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. Proverbs 19:21 says, You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Now, I don't know about you, but I thank God that he has a purpose. Even in the midst of all the, the craziness of life sometimes, that there is a purpose somewhere in there, even if we don't see it. And it, our opinions doesn't stop that purpose. Our plans doesn't stop that purpose. I think that our just, I thank God that our disappointments don't stop that purpose. Many of us have certain things that we wish it was a certain Mary and Joe's plans are wrecked. What next? What happens next? Matthew 1, 20-21, this is speaking of Joseph. It says, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For your, the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So in the midst of all of this mess that we just talked about, Jesus now shows up to Joseph and shows Joseph that there is a purpose in all of this, even though it is messy, that he sent his son to save. don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. The second thing is your disappointment with God might actually be a divine appointment from God. Your disappointment with God may actually be a divine appointment from God. Oh man, you must have some 
many of you have ever had plans that just didn't work out? I think we all have. If there's anybody here that's raised their hand, I think we all have. We've all had plans that didn't work out the way we planned. So I had a plan uh, to finish college in four years. My plan was to do that. Then I got to my senior year, and even though I worked double shifts over the summer, I just didn't have enough to pay for it. This wasn't going to happen. So I made a backup plan like we all do, right? You have a plan, and that's my original plan, but that plan didn't work out. So let's, let's look, you know, some kind of workout backup plan. So I talked to the, the company I worked for. I worked at a warehouse. I loaded and unloaded semis with uh, forklifts uh, through college. And uh, he said, sure, you can stay on. You can work. You know, work for the year. And so my plan was I was going to continue to work, maybe continue the double shifts and put money away. And next semester or next year, I'll just jump back in. I was like, oh, sounds like a good plan, sensible plan, right? Make this work. Well, as that week, picking up my stuff from storage, I got a call from a financial aid office. Financial aid office said, hey, there's somebody who's willing to give you an e-based scholarship. This person is from Massachusetts. And it came through and paid to help me pay for my education because I couldn't afford to drop my I had my plans, seemed like sensible plans, but God had his purpose. I had my plans, but God had his purpose. Have you ever played this game? Have you ever looked back at certain decisions of your life or certain times of your life and recognized where, where God had been moving or changed or shifting certain things? Think about what if that didn't happen? What if I didn't finish the first four years out of Would I end up in Massachusetts? Would I have met my beautiful wife and family by now? There's a lot of things. You see, we have plans. But God has a purpose. God sometimes has to shift things in our favor, shift things in a way that we thought it was supposed to be. God said, no, I'm going I'm to take you this route instead. And this route isn't going to be direct. It might be a little bit over here. It might swirl back over here. It may look more like a snake. It's not going to be direct. But I am guiding you. And I am working through you to keep your eyes on me. See, we have plans. But God has plans. If you've had some things that just didn't go according to your plan, you're disappointed with God, it actually might be a divine appointment with God. God is taking you to somewhere. Next we see in the story, this, this man named Caesar Augustus issues a decree where they have to go to their hometown for a census. And during the census, this was a 90-mile trip on a donkey. Some of us don't like a 90-mile trip in a car. But a 90-mile trip on a donkey with a pregnant wife Cool. And think about Joseph. If he's not working, he doesn't get paid time off. He's not working, he's not getting paid. Think about the stress on a young man and just the pressure. All this is going on. All this And of course they get to Nazareth and we know there's no hotels.com. There's no way to call ahead, to, you know, set reservations. Mary's having distractions, and 
and something's getting past the happen real quick, real soon, right? So he negotiates a deal barn, and this is not your HDTV Joanna Gaines shiplap barn with a nice sliding door, right? This is like real barn with animal droppings and other things. A dirty danger. Not the greatest of circumstances for a cowboy And then we have these dirty shepherds that show up and they want to hold your baby. So before they decorate the, the, the nursery, they hear a parent who is ready to kill a baby, kill the babies. And then they start running for their lives. They leave. So this was not, none of this was according to plan. None of this looked like peace on earth to them. change of plans and you don't understand your disappointment with God might actually be a divine point of Scripture said many are the plans of a man's heart but the Lord's purpose is man. We don't have to understand the plans to trust about Jesus. So why did God send a Savior? What did we need? We needed forgiveness. We needed healing. We needed hope. And that's why God sent a Savior. His name is Jesus. And he was sent so that we, he would give his life in our place, so that we could experience what we've been talking about this whole series, the peace of God. Even when life doesn't go the way we want, there is a peace from heaven. And peace is not just a concept. Peace is a name. And that name is Jesus. Jesus is our peace. And because 
of the providential purpose of God through many disappointments. The disappointments of Mary and Joseph. In the middle of Hurricane Becky, this morning, I know so many people are experiencing hurricane, especially around this time of year. Maybe you're suffering heartbreak. Maybe you're suffering loss. He's available by months. And we can trust God even if we don't fully understand. So sometimes you just have to thank Him for when things don't go as planned. It would be good to have it fantastic. If it was planned, Lord, I'm just going to thank you anyway. You know, thank you that you have a plan. Thank, thank you that you're doing something in this. Even if I don't see it. You see, He had a plan. Because Mary and Joseph had a plan, God had a purpose in you. His name is Jesus, and he is the one we worship, and he is the one we worship. Father, today we ask that you would do a work in our hearts. If you need his peace, his peace today, maybe there are things in your life this morning that just didn't go the way you thought they would. You don't seem to see the purpose of Lord, we pray, God, that as we cast our cares on you, whatever it is, through our own hurt, this morning, Lord, we give it to you. We receive the gift of your great philosophies. And Lord, we give back to you our Father, our struggles, our fear. We thank you, Lord, that you have a peace that passes all understanding. Peace that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God, help us to put our trust in you, even if when we don't understand it, especially when we don't understand it. God, send the Savior to forgive our sins and give us peace. Lord, with every head bowed and eye closed, I'm going to sit down and talk to you. And we'll talk across the table. About your relationship with God. Hear what you say Would you say, well, I'm trying to be good. I think I've done enough good things. I'm basically a good person. Would you say, I'm trying to do the right thing? I've been trying all the goodness that you can use. I've never done enough to be able to. tell you this morning that you can experience the peace that passes all understanding by giving your life to Christ. And what better time of year to do that than this? If that's you, you're saying, I want to receive Jesus Christ in my life. I want to change, I want to shift, I want to see him over me right now. I want to be forgiven of sin and a new start and new beginning. You can just say this quietly with me. And just do that. Repeat this prayer. Father, forgive all of my sins. Save 